What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Century, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down comments coming from uh, Billy Donovan about Lonzo Ball's injuries, where things sit with that. We're going to talk about where DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine rank as a duo and how the Bulls offense needs to change to better highlight some of the other players. We're also going to talk about some of the biggest questions surrounding the Bulls that need to be answered in training camp. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, I got you guys probably all saw the video and the update, and you know the depressing what it was presser from Lonzo Ball yesterday. Like just hearing it, seeing his face when he was describing it, hearing the things after the fact, you know, the fact that like the doctors don't even know it, and you know even in my initial video, I will admit, you know. I, I, was maybe a little too reactionary to what was going on wondering what like was going on with the bulls with some of the things that they've been releasing wondering if we were a little bit you know misled with some things as far as his progress and everything like that but when it all shakes down where we are right now is that we have a very talented young player that has some serious injury concerns and you know while those things are being faced there's been like a lot of doctors on different shows different podcasts talking about what the prognosis means and what he's going to have there's definitely a clear path to lonzo having a full recovery but we just don't know that quite yet. We're not able to say that quite yet. I know a lot of fans are expecting and talking about it as if it's going to be us missing Lonzo without for the whole season. And while I I can understand that mindset, like looking at Lonzo before and some of the way that his, his, uh, he's healed or lack thereof in, in different situations, the year and down in New Orleans, things like that, there are a lot of questions surrounding the Lonzo Ball thing right now. Now, uh, Billy Donovan did have some comments on it. He says this, from my understanding, they're going in there to see what it is. Because it's not necessarily showing up on the MRI, but it's clear that there's something there that's not right. So they're going to go in, look at it, and whatever needs to be done, it's going to be done. It's still a lot of uncertainty. Like, and I think that it's easy to be doom and gloom, and it's fair to be doom and gloom. Let me let me be clear. It is completely fair to be doom and gloom. Over on Locked on Bulls, me and Pat talked about it, and he said, hey, are we starting to look at Lonzo Ball as if it was just a bad contract? I'm not there yet, right? I want to be clear there. I'm not there. I'm, I'm still very hopeful and optimistic, usually when it comes to meniscus type things anyway. More times than not, players make a full recovery in the short term. Now, in the long term, in life in general, could he face some arthritis? Could it be some things like that? Yeah, it absolutely could at some point in, in his life. And, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is there. But more times than not, this is not like a, a career-ending prognosis. It's not something that should be chronic or whatever once they go in and clean things out. But it could be, right? We just don't know. And that uncertainty leaves a lot of a lot to be desired, a lot to be asked for, a lot to 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 be anxious over as well, both for him, for the for the for the team, for the fans, everything. Like even hearing him say, "Hey, no, I plan to play the season, but worst case scenario, I could miss this season." And you know, Billy Donovan saying he's going to plan for um, the season, and he has to plan as if Lonzo Ball is not going to be there. He does have surgery there t- uh, today on that knee, so you know we probably won't hear anything immediately uh, that's that's of note or substantial, but. After today, that four to six week time period, and we'll see upon that reevaluation. But until then, we got Bulls basketball that we're going to be talking about. We got preseason games, regular season start by then. We got a lot of things. And, you know, we have to kind of move on from the Lonzo situation. There's going to be a lot talked about. I may even bring it up later in this show on a different topic that we're, that we're facing. But, you know, it kind of is what it is there, man. Prayers up to Lonzo Ball. Hopefully we get this better doc- diagnosis when we go forward. And it kind of is what it is there. Let's move forward. One of the things that has come out, uh, and, and I touched on it briefly, in the, in the uh, media days, Alice Caruso, you know, saying that he'd rather finish games than start games. I do think that 
we know kind of the direction that Billy Donovan's going to go with the starting point guard. It is going to be a competition. He, he is going to wait to make that final decision with training camp. But I think it's going to be Io. And I think that not only outside of that just being my desire or whatever for it, I think when you look at the things, and even, you know, how we talked about Gorn and what Gorn does bring to the table, I just kind of think it, everything's all signs are pointing towards Io DeSumo being the starter there. But we know that the Alex Crusoe has embraced that bench role. He's going to continue to, uh, to embrace that bench role. And, you know, I think people forget, too, that that uh, Alice Caruso has really only had two seasons in which he's been a heavy minutes player off the bench. Even the championship year for the Los Angeles Lakers, he only averaged 18 minutes a game off the bench. The following season, he passed 20. Last season was the most minutes per game he's averaged in his career in 28 minutes per game. Most of that coming off the bench, some of that coming starting because of just the flux, of the, the fluidity of our starting lineups and using over, what, 29 starting lineups, I think, that we use um, that, that Billy Donovan mentioned. But also Andre Drummond coming in. Andre Drummond, who also said, like, you know, he's embracing the role. Whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench, he's going to excel at the things he do. He's going to come in. He's going to rebound. He's going to play good defense. And the thing is that we kind of – that the the, the – the embracing of the bench role of, of the players and the players settling into those roles and being happy in whatever role they have. We really do have players on the bench that just want to help the team win. Alex Caruso, Andre Drummond, when you look at Javante Green, also a player coming off the bench that's going to give us energy, going to give us uh, the ability to play multiple positions, looking at him being able to play from the two to the four. Um, there's a lot of that on this team. Andre Drummond, who's going to come in and play big minutes for us. De uh, Derek Jones Jr., if they do go back to him, and I hope that Billy Donovan does. I hope that they brought him back to use him and utilize him. Similarly to what they did last season, just not having to play backup center in that, playing more three slash four. The thing with this Chicago Bulls bench that makes this bench special is when you look at it, we have the positionless basketball thing is not just a, a, a sticking point and just a conversation. We truly do have the flexibility of the players off the bench that can play multiple, multiple positions. When you look at Alex Crusoe, the one through the three. When you look at Kobe White, he's more strictly just the two. He's probably the one that's the most specialized in that, but he's even embracing his role seemingly. And in pictures that we've seen so far and things that we've seen so far from training camp, we saw a picture of him look like he was blocking Andre Drummond's shot, which is considering the height difference and the wingspan difference is wild there. But Kobe embracing his role and hopefully improving in that role, being more consistent as well. The versatility from Derek, Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green, which I already mentioned, being able to play multiple positions. Hell, Derek Jones Jr. even played some two at one point in his career, but don't let us foresee that on the Chicago Bulls team. This team, and that's not, we're not even mentioning Marco, who, who is out there in training camp. I do think he's going to be on the actual NBA roster this season. How many minutes he plays is left to be, be said. This Chicago Bulls bench and the embracing of that role is going to pay dividends. They're, they're, most teams that go on significant runs, that are that are good teams, have solid benches and can go deep into their bench when they need. They may not always go deep into their bench, especially during the season, which I think we may see more of considering our schedule, how many back-to-backs we have, how many days we're going to have the rest disadvantage, which is more games than not. This bench and, and, the, and the players embracing their roles as we go through training camp, everybody kind of settling in and knowing what their role is expected to be, I think. On top of continuity, is going to breed something good for this Chicago Bulls team. It remains to be seen with that. We'll see how it pays off or lack thereof for the Chicago Bulls. All right, last topic that I want to talk about. One of the things that I've been talking about very heavily is how this Bulls offense needs to change, right? How it needs to better utilize players, how we need to get more off-ball moving. We can't turn into just the isolation team for Zach and DeMar. We can't be standing around watching them play, watching them cook. When you look at the Chicago Bulls production that they had last season, Zach, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan averaged 27.9 points and 24.4 points, good for 52.3 points, which is right around half the overall points scored for the Chicago Bulls overall when you look at the Bulls averaging 111.6 points per game last season. So 
With that said, and we know we weren't, we didn't take a lot of threes. We need to take more threes, hit him at a better clip, whatever it is. Looking at that, the question surrounding this team is not really Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Some people have said, hey, can they work together? They can work together. They either, whether it's picking their spots, whatever it is, we know that they can. They showed it last year, even with Zach Levine being injured most of the season. You're looking at players that at that together average 52 points per game as a duo, half your team's points. But what that highlights is that we do need other players to step up. Yes, over half our points came from the rest of the roster. But when you look at the, set, the fact that we have to overcome the absence of Lonzo Ball, which is probably the biggest question, it's not on now, it's not going to be when Lonzo's coming back. That that question is eliminated. I think when I initially did uh, uh, questions that, are, that we have going into training camp, it was when is Lonzo Ball going to be ready? That's over with and done. We, we're not going to worry about that. It's going to come. He's going to be ready when he's ready. We have to prepare as if it's not. Who is going? How are we going to combat the absence of Lonzo Ball, it's no one player on this roster that's going to give us the, what Lonzo Ball gives us alone. There's some players that can give us great defense. There's some players that can give us switchability. There's some players that can give us passing. There's some that can give us shooting. No one player on this roster gives us everything that Lonzo Ball has given us at the clip that he was able to give us and the efficiency that he was able to give it to us at. So with that said, that is one of the biggest questions. On top of looking at Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, they're going to be locked in. They're going to be ready to go. We know what we get from them. Who's going to be ready? Who, how are we going to combat the absence of Lonzo Ball? On top of that, what do we do to make this a better, well-rounded offensive team? What we saw when we started stagnating down the stretch, not only was health, health did play a, a part in that as well, but teams kind of just figured us out. When you have a player in DeMar DeRozan that operates primarily in the mid-range and you have Nikola Vucevic who wasn't shooting the ball well and then Zach Levine was hobbled, it made us easy to guard. Now, with Zach Levine saying that he's added things to his game, he's going to take his game a step up, hopefully development from Patrick Williams, Iota Sumu. When you look at it, another one is that is, is Patrick Williams really ready to be what we need him to be? And by that, I, I'm not putting a points total. One thing that I have moved away from is a points total. When you look at a player like, for example, Draymond Green, who what he's given the Chicago, not, I wish he was giving the Chicago Bulls, but what he's given the Golden State Warriors and not averaging a lot of points per se, but you can look at him and feel his impact in the game. I'm not saying that Patrick Williams is going to only average seven points per game. No, we need more from him than that. But is he truly ready to step into that role? Is he ready to, to when he does take his spots, take him when he sees his spots, take him aggressively, have a little bit more confidence? The, the, Hopefully, the bounce in the step that we've seen, the improvement of his body, the fact of his mind and, and what he's worked with DeMar, but a, a Patrick Williams is ready to take on a bigger load in the sense of just not being as passive, right? Not saying that Patrick Williams is all of a sudden going to be this player that gets 12 shots per game. He's averaged seven shots per game over the course of his career, shot it at a good clip. If, you, if he maintains that percentage that he's been shooting at, but adding maybe two, maybe three more shots per game when you know that we know as a Bulls team, if you watch this team plays, Patrick Williams has passed up shots. So we're still just talking about him taking the shots that he naturally gets in the flow of this offense. He can, he can get two or three more shots a game easily just by being more confident in taking those shots. Is Patrick Williams ready to take the next step up in the, aggressive, the aggressiveness side of it on offense and on defense? If Patrick Williams can be this two-way player that we know that he has the, the capability of being, I don't, it's not that he needs to average 14, 15 points per game. It's that whatever shots that he takes, he needs to take aggressively. He needs to go after it, attack it defensively. This is his first full offseason as well, and I forgot that. And so with that being said, the season that he's had with DeMar, is Patrick Williams ready to step up? 
the next the next question that we have from that is that we have that hopefully is faced that we answer in training camp and preseason is looking at this roster, looking at it. How does the rotation shake out? And once we do settle in on a rotation, can we stay healthy? Health has to be a big factor in the Chicago Bulls team. We already know we're starting off at a disadvantage with Lonzo Ball. Everybody else coming into the season seems to be healthy. We had Javante who had a banged up shoulder at one time. Derek Jones Jr. with his thumb that since he had it, it affected him the whole rest of the season. Andre Drummond definitely should be healthy as well. Do we maintain that health, right? Do we maintain that health over the course of the season? And are those players that are healthy ready, that next man up mentality, do we keep that going throughout the whole part of the season? Hopefully we do. I think that we can. I think that looking at this team, when you look at like the mindset, that everything that's going into this season, we're going to have a hell, of, a hell of a team this season. And all the doubters, everything else that you throw, I understand the doubt around this team. But one thing that you can't bet on, like I said, acquisitions, adding players to other teams is easy to it's easily tangible to say hey, these teams made these improvements because this is who they added. The growth and development of this team together, how they come together, continuity, right? And a big part of continuity, a big player that needs to benefit from continuity is Nikola Vucevic, period. We know that the Bulls are expected to talk an extension with him. That's all fine. But if nobody else benefits more from the continuity of this team, it has to be Nikola Vucevic. We heard the awareness of him saying that he settled too much for outside shots. Him saying, hey, even if you took away my three-point shot, I'm still a hell of a center and can get you about 20 points. We need to see a Nikola Vucevic that is locked in, that goes to work down low. If Nikola Vucevic works in the post game, right? Not saying that I don't want to see his three. I want to see his three complement his post game, not necessarily be a huge uh, weapon in his arsenal that he just goes to all the time like he did last season. If Nikola Vucevic benefits from continuity, the coaching staff and how they use him, him being more familiar, more used to his role, if Nikola Vucevic pays off, and I'm not even talking about him averaging 20 points per game, at this point, I don't know if we see the 20-point-per-game the player in Nikola Vucevic, but if he can shoot at better percentages than what he did, we can definitely get an get a 18, 19, 11, a 19, and 11 player out of Nikola Vucevic. Does he? Does this team overall? But how does Nikola Vucevic specifically benefit from the continuity of this team? can really change the outlook of the Chicago Bulls team. I think we're going to have a hell of a team on our hands. I think we're going to have a competitive team. The East, whoo, the East is going to be a rough, rough ride this season for everyone involved. The Eastern Conference is going to be the conference to watch, in my opinion, the way that it shapes up right now. And the Central Division, it may be the division to watch in many ways as well. This Chicago Bulls team has to step up. They have to make improvements internally at first because we don't think anything externally is coming in. We'll see, right? I don't... Don't be surprised if the Bulls don't make a major trade this season. Don't be surprised if they may not even cut Tony Bradley for Melo or some of the other players that we're looking at. We'll see what this team does. But without acquisitions, not worried about acquisitions, what the improvement and how we need to see this team improve because of that bet on continuity and the things we mentioned in this episode need to pay off big time for the Chicago Bulls. Let me know what you guys think about everything down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.